everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you have to seriously just let go of everything that you knew before and the change is rough? Today we're going to be reading about the Pharisees in Mark chapter 2 and how they really are having a hard time letting go of the things that they know um, in order to even like consider accepting Jesus and his message. Uh, They are micromanaging the heck out of Jesus and everything that he does. Um, And this chapter really sheds light on on those things, these men who are super zealous for the law, the Mosaic law that has been set ahead of them many, many years prior, um, things that their fathers and their father's fathers and their father's father's fathers would have been practicing um, or adhering to for so long. Um, And Jesus is coming onto the scene and he's really challenging them in the way that they um, think and the way that they believe um, and claiming to be like the result of of that mosaic law. Um, so what do you think about that, Ryan Zook? Uh, the, the law is interesting. So we're, we're reading Mark chapter two, just so everybody understands where we're at. The law is interesting because there is the law that was given by God to Moses. Mm-hmm. And then in Jesus time, there is the law that was given by the rabbis in addition to the law that was given by God to Moses. So when Jesus is doing his ministry, uh, there is like the crystal clear law that's from God but also this like added layer. Yeah. Added layer. And I think sometimes it gets a bad rap. Like I think there's this added layer that, that is there to make sure that the people are obedient to the law, which might be like hyper-focused on like not falling back into where they were. It's like, I know that like a lot of times we talk about it as being like legalism and like, Oh, like all these people made up all these laws. That's, that's a hundred percent true. Like it is legalistic. They're definitely made up laws. They're not from the Lord. They're from the rabbis. It's like a cultural system, not a faith system. Mm -hmm. I do wonder if the heart behind it was like, okay guys, like we have a history of screwing up so bad. We're going to move the needle a little bit further back to make sure that we don't cross the line. But in that, it seems like their faith was in obedience to like their tradition instead of obedience to their God. And so their actual religion was not based on faith in God, but faith in rabbis and systems and traditions. So I don't know. I don't I don't want to go so far as to just like throw it all out as it's a total waste of time because not all traditions are bad. Um, but certainly in Jesus time, like if, if, if your tradition is so serious to you that you're rejecting the Messiah, that's not good. (laughs) Well, our study Bibles, and I think what stems or like what my idea is stemming from, uh, refers to chapter two, verses 21 to 22, which talks about, um, like the, the old wineskins, um, and how you don't like, you don't just patch up an old wineskin in hopes that it's going to yeah. withstand the wine um, because it's just going to rip and tear. Our Bible or our study Bible says um, the kingdom of God is not merely a patch over the Mosaic law and Jewish tradition. So that's like both of those things you were just talking about. Um, but Jesus is bringing this new era with new ways. Um, and I think that would be really hard for these men who have dedicated their whole lives yeah. to study and to add to those Jewish traditions or study those Mosaic laws. And everything in them is like, there's no way. We are not changing. We are not going to like 
I don't know, even see things in a different way just because you said so. Because mm-hmm. it's looking very different than what they're expecting as well. It's interesting to to me just listening to you talk about it. It it's I what has been sticking out to me is that I have historically believed that like everyone didn't believe in Jesus, and that's not true. So like there's there's so many people that are so adherent to this tradition that they miss out on Jesus completely. Right. But at the same time, there's people like Simeon yeah. and Anna and John the Baptist mm-hmm. and Nicodemus that are like, oh. That's I, the guy. I see what God is doing. I'm ready for this new thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm going to commit to this new thing. And so to me, like it's, I don't think that's like a groundbreaking thing necessarily. I think it's just like there are people that get it. Yeah. Um, and to me, as we're looking over Mark chapter 2, one of the people that get it is Levi, the tax Levi, collector. Yeah. And I think this is a thing that's sticking out to me recently. Um, Jesus says, like, it's not the sick that need a doctor, or it's it's not the healthy, it's not the well that need mm-hmm. a doctor, it's the sick. And s- this kind of like pop culture thing comes up that I'm sure you'll hear different versions of that's like, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Like, Jesus hung out with the outcasts. Jesus didn't judge people. Jesus was cool. And one of the things that doesn't get a lot of attention is that Levi specifically was a tax collector, okay? Mm-hmm. What that means in the Roman world um, in Jesus' time is that he took advantage of people 100%. Yikes. And Jesus calls Levi to be his disciple, and Levi 100% leaves that tax collector booth and therefore leaves that life of taking advantage of people Completely behind. behind. Yeah. And so when the Pharisees show up and they're like, oh, Jesus hangs out with tax collectors and sinners. Levi's not a sinner anymore. They're just used to seeing him as a sinner. Mm -hmm. So like they're they're used to judging like face value that like they they know Levi as the tax collector that is a Roman oppressor that takes advantage of people. Mm -hmm. But what they don't know is that Levi does not live his life that way anymore. anymore. Yeah. And I think what has evolved is that we just pop culture faith or like <laughs> I don't I, nonsense faith just believes like, well, yeah, he hung out with sinners and tax collectors. But Levi isn't a sinner anymore. Yeah. Levi is somebody who desires Jesus and wants to be faithful to Jesus and left his life of sin to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what has happened is like this idea of, of wicked, unfaithful teachers has developed that like... Jesus hung out with all these terrible people and he did like he sought out sinners, but those sinners left their life of sin to follow Jesus. And he lived right up to the whole, like, it's not the healthy that need this. It's the sick. And the sick became healthy yeah, because they followed Jesus. So do not twist this passage to encourage people to remain sick. Right, right. And do not twist this passage to encourage people to stay living sinful lifestyles because that is not what was happening. Jesus was calling people to a life of repentance, a life of relationship with Jesus, a life of relationship of faithfulness to God. And Levi left his sinful life completely, 100%. And that would have been like very financially devastating. Yeah. So that he could follow Jesus. And that is the idea that should be on our minds when we talk about this concept, uh, not the idea of people that are clinging to their sin to be accepted in a Christian relationship. 
Well, and I, like I talked earlier, like this whole chapter is definitely about those Pharisees that are just remaining to be like super, super zealous for the wrong things. Although it seems like they're just like kind of checking off the boxes like, well, he did that and he did that and he yeah. did that. And there's a problem with that. Um, he's par- like he's healing the paralyzed. Um, they kind of call him out for that. Like, well, what the heck, man? Why are you doing that? Um, and Jesus always has like these little like, well, what's easier? To say this or to say this. Like, he always kind of just puts them in their place with those, like, really silly questions. It's a it, great point. It's yeah. a great point. What yeah. What's easier, to say this man's sins are forgiven or to say stand up and walk? Yeah, right. And then he does both anyway. Right, yeah. So then, I mean, that instance with Levi comes up about they call him out for eating with the tax collectors and sinners. Then um, he's questioned as to, well, why aren't your disciples fasting? Mm-hmm. And then finally we end the chapter with... Um, the disciples that are working on the Sabbath by taking the heads of grain um, when they shouldn't be doing that on the Sabbath day. They shouldn't be doing anything that is physically or physical activity. So it's just, I see these Pharisees just kind of grasping at anything um, and really just being that like super micromanager, like trying to get Jesus in something. Um, and he's always so like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> Jesus is so threatening to the system they have in place. Yeah. And we talked about that a couple of days ago with like, if Jesus really is the Messiah, that means all the people who have worked so hard to make sure they have Mm -hmm, influence and mm -hmm. power, they're going to lose that influence and power. And so you do, you do, you have the Pharisees saying like, oh, they're working on the Sabbath when like the law that was in place, the tradition that was in place was that the only amount of grain that you could carry on the Sabbath day was the amount and the equivalent of grain in a goat's mouth. Wow. So how do you even measure that? Like, I'm interested (laughs) in how big the goat is. Is, Are we talking like a tiny kid or like a major goat? Um, And then Jesus uses this example of David, which it, I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing your feedback, like as the audience, like that story of David is a little bit of a sketchy story because David basically lies in that story um, to get the the bread, like the, the bread of the presence. Mm-hmm. And then all those priests are slaughtered because of David's lie. So this is kind of a strange story to use as support mm-hmm. um, for the disciples using grain. Um, but Jesus like delivers this ultimate zinger that like man is not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for man. And I love that concept. That does Mm -hmm. not mean throw away the Sabbath. It does not mean, hey, work seven days, it's fine. It doesn't mean like, hey, Sabbath is for watching football because Jesus let his disciples eat grain. Like, (laughs) that's not what it means. Um, What it means is that we have been given a gift from God that is this day of Sabbath that is for spiritual rejuvenation. And so Jesus is basically, I think, saying like, why are you picking a fight about how much grain we eat? Like, Mm -hmm. this is not what this is about. What I really like, and I kind of heard something similar the other day, um, specifically about this situation, is that it is interesting how men who are, like, seeking to do the the right thing, they're, like, taking the words of, like, of God himself, the scripture that is God-breathed that was given to these men to write that these Pharisees are clinging so hard to, um, he's like, they're trying to use the actual words of God against God himself. Yeah, it's wild. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Like, that just seems so foolish. That's, and... a, that's a thing in our current day. Like, like these people that are trying to push uh, the modern Christian church in bizarre 
places, like, like honestly, to be direct, like the people that are saying like, well, you can be gay and be Christian. They're trying to use God's word against God's standard. God's himself. Yeah. So this is not, this is not, you know, something that died with the Pharisees. This continues into our day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that try to push social justice issues above and beyond who God is and what God desires. That's nuts. And it is something that the Pharisees were trying to do. And it is something that is happening in our current day. And so it is really important to know what God has said, the context of which God has said it and mm-hmm. how to apply it to our modern day. I know the, the your part for today for me is from the story of Levi in that Levi did live a sinful life and he met Jesus and he left his sinful life. And so for me, it, it's always it's always tempting for me to see Jesus, the friend of sinners, when I see myself as a sinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like I am like, don't don't hear me wrong. I definitely am. And I need the grace of Jesus. Um, I need right relationship with God because I am far from God. Um, but I don't want to twist the story of Levi. I don't want to twist the story of Jesus, the friend of sinners, to support my sin mm-hmm. and yeah. so that I can stay in sin. I want to see Jesus as the friend of sinners because he's calling me out of that life, giving me grace, giving me forgiveness, being long-suffering to me so that I can progress in my sanctification and be a better reflection of who Jesus is because I'm pursuing Jesus. And so I think, you know, for me, and maybe this is too much me, I'm not sure. You can you can email me and tell me. Um <laughs> I think it's really important to remember that Jesus calls us out of our sin, not that Jesus celebrates us while we just sit and stagnate in our sin. That is just silliness. And so to me, it's an encouragement to become more and more like Jesus. And that is challenging and that is hard work, uh, but it's good work. And so I just encourage you, like, be more and more like Jesus. Yes, he is a friend of sinners. Yes, he hangs out with people who the Pharisees would not be caught dead with. But those people that were moved and changed by Jesus were moved and changed by Jesus. They were moved out of their sin and changed into new creations because of who Jesus is. That is true of Levi, and that is true of you. So enjoy and pursue the relationship that you have with Jesus so that you are no longer like what you were when you were changed. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow we're jumping back into John. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Mark chapter two. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they had questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to the disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came out and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, in the new and the old, and the worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and when the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. One Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look! Why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did, when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God, and in the time of Abathar the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.